Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I am Brian Hefty. Live in the Morton studio today, we're going to be talking a little bit on the show about nitrogen applications, especially nitrogen applications in corn. If you've got any questions for me or if there's anything going on in your farm that you'd like to talk about, just call us here at 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on Twitter, agphdmedia, or Brian Hefty. So my brother Darren is out today, so it's just me. And where I wanted to go to open the show is this, before we get into the nitrogen talk. I, I've been a little frustrated, I gotta admit, over the last month, because here's what I've heard from the big ag chem manufacturers. We're gonna take price up a little bit. <laughs> and now you you I, I just wanted to give you a little bit behind the scenes on one of the things I do. Every year I meet with all the big companies, all the big chemical companies, and I talk to them about, hey, what are your what are your programs? You know, what are you doing for pricing? What are you going to be pushing? What's your new stuff? What new things can we try and research? All that kind of stuff. And so we farm too. We farm about 3,000 acres here in South Dakota. But anyway, I am absolutely looking at this from the farmer's perspective. And I'm trying all the time to bring the farmer's perspective to all these big corporate people. Now, there are a lot of great people. But unfortunately... almost all these big ag chem companies, they're big stock companies. And so ultimately they're driven by stockholders, driven by, in some cases, lawyers and people that don't know ag very well. So when I start hearing things like, oh, we're going to take price up, then of course I'm going to go, why? Why are you going to go up in price? Because I'm like, aren't your costs going down? And isn't this a really tough time for farmers? So in the end, I think what's going to end up happening is this. It's kind of like last year. There were a lot of companies that talked about going up in price, and they have to because of the shareholders. Because if they they come right out real early and say to shareholders, um, yeah, we're going to go down in price. Well, then what happens to their share, their share values? And then there's a ripple effect and people start losing their jobs in the company. So they can't go early and say, yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to take price down. So what they end up doing a lot of times is they'll talk at this time of year like prices are going to go up. And I'm bringing all this up to you today. So you understand that when you hear things like that, you don't get super mad at the companies. Don't worry about it. You're not buying product for 2021 yet anyway. But you're probably over the next two or three months going to hear from companies, oh, yeah, we're going up in price. Who cares? Who cares what gets said in the summer? It doesn't matter. So don't worry about that. In the end, you're most likely going to get a fair value for whatever you're able to buy. And believe me, I talk to all the companies every year and I get to talk to a lot of their head people, sometimes even multiple times. So I, I, I try to help them understand where the market's at and what's going on out here in rural America. And for that matter, even in Canada. And I, I, right now, I guess what I'm expecting is this. I think that you're going to see a lot of price decreases going into next year because costs are down. I mean, let's face it, transportation costs are down. The raw material costs are down. Tariffs are, are off um, in a lot of cases. 
So there, there's no real reason to go up. Interest rates are down. I mean, look at almost every cost. For that matter, almost every cost you have on the farm is most likely down. So that, that those are all good things, and I'm, I'm happy about that. But what you're probably also going to see is more rebate programs. Bears had tremendous success with their Bear Plus program. Corteva really likes their True Choice program. I mean, just about all these big companies like their rebate programs, and I would expect you're going to see more of that. Now, as I say that, I realize you probably don't like rebate programs, and neither do I. But all I really care about at the end of the day is what's my net cost? I just want to make sure that I've got a really good net cost and then we go from there. So anyway, I'm bringing this up again just so you don't get all alarmed when you start hearing things like I opened the show with that, hey, over the last month I've been hearing from these companies, they're going to go up in price. We'll just see. We'll see. I, I mean, we've got months to go before that all happens. So let's not worry about what the three months from now or six months look from now looks like in terms of ag chemical prices. We got a lot more important things to be focused on today, like nitrogen in this corn crop right now. And let me also say this, just so you have a little more market intelligence than you might today, um, in the western corn belt where I farm, corn acres are down. I don't care what a government report says, I can tell you corn acres are down. When the all the seed corn companies tell me, yeah, returns are crazy on corn and our corn sales are down, um, I don't need any any I don't need the government coming out with a report saying, oh, our acres are up or this or that. No, acres are down on corn in this region. And what's happened is we're seeing soybeans replace that. We're seeing some prevent plant. We're seeing a little more in terms of wheat or maybe some specialty crops. So things like that. And I I just wanted to let you know that because even though, yeah, a lot of ethanol plants have closed down, if you look at usage in terms of gasoline and usage in terms of ethanol, it's been on the upswing for four or five straight weeks now, and you're going to see it continue to climb. I also would, would throw out this to you. When you start talking about fuel usage, personally, I think six months from now, it's going to be higher than it's ever been ever. And here's the reason why. Because a lot of people are going to say, well, we still don't have this vaccine yet for COVID, so I got a social distance. Well, the best way to social distance is to drive myself to work rather than going on a bus, on a train, carpooling, anything like that. So I do think you're going to see tremendous usage of fuel coming up, and that bodes well for corn and ethanol. Where I'm going with all this is don't give up on your corn too early. Nitrogen is pretty cheap right now, and if you get the right amount of nitrogen at the right time in your corn crop, you absolutely can have higher yields. Your corn could be worth something six months from now, nine months from now, 12 months from now. So do everything you can to get higher yield. We'll talk about nitrogen applications in corn coming up right after this. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. The Pentair Hypro Express Flush Valve reduces plug nozzles and improves cleanout of your spray boom. Simply flush boom sections with a quarter turn ball valve and leave your tools in the cab. Plus, insulation is easy. Simply remove the existing end cap plug and replace with the Hypro Express Flush Valve. Learn more at pentair.com slash hypro. Stop losing money from your stored grain with the Enzone Fan Control System from FarmShop MFG. The Enzone monitors outside conditions to run your fans so your grain naturally reaches ideal temperature and humidity. For more information, visit farmshopmfg.com. 
Want to cut production costs without losing yield? Brian Ryberg from Buffalo Lake, Minnesota has done just that. Here's his story. We began using a soil warrior in our farm the fall of 2014. We've seen many benefits from better water infiltration, a lot less hours on equipment, fuel, able to reduce our fertilizer side, so it's really simplified our operation. See what makes Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. Worried about glyphosate-resistant weeds and grasses in your corn? Unleash the power of new Impact Z herbicide and get the early post-application advantage you've been waiting for. Save $3 per acre when you combine Impact Z with a qualifying insecticide purchase. Go to buy2save3.com for details. Buy2 Save 3 is a service mark and Impact Z is a trademark owned by Amvac Chemical Corporation. All rights reserved. Impact Z is a restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow label instructions. Find your full potential and increase your bottom line with branded generic pesticides from Atticus, LLC. Atticus offers a vast portfolio of branded generic fungicides, herbicides, and insecticides for row crops. Atticus puts grassroots experience and common sense logic to work to make product selection easier and on your terms. Growers across the region count on Atticus for relevant and reliable products that deliver results every time. Ask your local retailer about Atticus products and visit AtticusLLC.com to learn more. For value-based solutions you can trust, turn to Atticus. Always read and follow label instructions. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here live in the Morton studio. Today in the show, we're going to be talking a little about nitrogen applications in corn. But before we get to that, we want to jump to the phone lines. we got Devin calling in from Nebraska. Hey, Devin, how are you? Hey, not too bad, you guys. Great. I hear you want to kill some Canada thistle in dry edible beans. Yeah, well, yeah, we uh, had a we got, had beets there last year, and, uh, and then we ripped it, and uh, and then come back in there, and then we filled cultivate it, and it had got a lot of we ran out of time, didn't we wanted to spray it before, but we didn't, and now the Canadian thistle is coming up. Is there anything that we can spray on there? Uh, beans are about well, we they've been in the ground about five days. Is there anything that we can spray on there and not hurt the beans at all? Okay, so are the beans popping out of the ground? Not yet. (laughs) They will be be in the next couple days anyway. Okay, well, let's put it this way. If none of the beans are cracking the ground, you can go spray Roundup right now. If they are cracking, then you're too late. And then your only choice that I can think of off the top of my head in in edible beans would be Bassagran. And Bassagran's terrible, but at least it would suppress the thistles. If it comes to that, so well, let's talk about the two scenarios. Okay, so if, if I could go out there with Roundup right now, right there. Then, then I would absolutely do that if the beans aren't cracking, and I would probably use mm, quart and a half if it was me. I'd use a quart and a half of glyphosate, and th- that that will most likely do it. Two quarts would be better, or forty-four ounces of the six pound. But uh, but anyway, that that'd be great. Okay, otherwise, if you don't get that chance. If the beans are cracking, then you got to wait and spray Bassagran here after a little while. What you're looking for with Bassagran is you go out with a quart of the old four pound or uh, let's see, it'd be 1.6 pints of the five pound. You run a quart of crop oil per acre with that and you try to spray when it's hot and humid. And in western Nebraska, the humidity is your killer. Sometimes it's it's going to be hot, but not very humid. What you're ideally looking for is a day where you have 150 points of heat and humidity. So if it's 
90 degrees, you want 60% humidity. And that's very rare out there, but I'm just, I know, and you laugh. I, I know, I'm just telling you how it works better. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But, we, you know, this is usually what we would shoot for. When we get to 150 points of heat and humidity, it burn the thistles very well. When you're at, say, 130, it's okay, but it's not as good. So what I'm telling you is that let's say you had five days you could spray it, and you go, ooh, man, that day looks humid and hot. That's the day that I want to spray. Okay. And that'd be after they emerge and everything. Yes. Yep. 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 So hopefully you could go out there and literally get it done this afternoon yet, and the beans aren't cracking and you're in great shape. Okay. All righty. All righty. Well, we will give that a try and go from there and see once if that'll be an issue then. All right. Well, good luck, Devin. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks. All right. Let's get back to our topic here of nitrogen. Uh, next on the show, we've got Dr. Jim Cambaretto. He is uh, from Indiana. He is an extension soil fertility specialist at Purdue University. Jim, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? Excellent. All right. So tell us a little bit out in your state of Indiana, what do you commonly get for nitrogen questions in corn at this time of year? Well, at this time of the year, after we've had a wet spring. Yep. Uh, people want to know how much nitrogen they lost if they put out nitrogen in the fall or the early spring. Well, that sounds an, like an yeah. easy question to answer, right, Jim? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I get that one all the time, and I, sometimes I say, well, how the heck should I know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's really difficult because it's dependent on when the nitrogen was put out, how it was put out, what the winter temperatures were, how much rainfall, the characteristics of the soil, et cetera. Right. Um, but oftentimes, I think with respect to late nitrogen, then they're thinking about coming back to make up the difference from uh, what they need and, you know, based on what they lost. So what do you usually tell guys? Just run a pre-side dress nitrate test and go from there? Uh, sometimes uh, we do suggest that, although if the nitrogen's been banded, Fairly recently, it's it's hard to get a representative sample. Sure, um, and so sometimes we suggest uh, plant sampling or uh, soil sampling down to a depth of a couple feet and uh, measuring ammonium and nitrate. Sometimes, so it, it varies depending on the situation. You brought up plant testing, though, and one of the things I always tell guys is I love using plant tissue analysis, but my only concern with it is it's not predictive. It doesn't tell me how much is left in the soil. I might be high today, but I could be low by next week. So how do you kind of blend that into your recommendations? Yeah, so it, it often helps to have soil with it because if you, yeah. if you see the soil's low and the plant's low, <laughs> then you feel very comfortable uh, recommending nitrogen. Yeah, but if if you find a lot in the soil and the plant's low, then you'll hold off. Um, and that's another way maybe to assess the health of the plant and its capacity to use nitrogen. If it's low, even though the soil is got a reasonable amount, then maybe the plant was damaged by uh, ponding or, or wet feed. So I as well. Yeah, so I so I assume in your state, a lot of guys, if they're going to put more nitrogen on, they're going to apply it themselves, they're going to side dress, they're probably going to do that here in just the next, what, three, four weeks at the, at the most. 
at that point, there's still a long ways to go in terms of total nitrogen needs. Um, what what are you usually? Let's let's just talk about the average guy in Indiana who wants to do. Okay, I do part up front. I do part as a side dress. Do you feel like this year they're going to be putting on more because number one, the yield potential is probably pretty good, and two, they lost a lot of nitrogen that got applied last fall and this spring. Um, yeah, so it, it's pretty variable across the state. We had a, yep. a couple of rainfalls which were uh, much higher in the, the northwest than they were than the, in the rest of the state. So we had places that had six inches in a week. Yeah, and so that they would have lost quite a bit of nitrogen. And then uh, uh, other areas were actually uh, nearing what they would call a drought stage, so they had below normal rainfall. Um, so, yeah, we would have normal side dressing now. I think the, we have some corn that's maybe V6, V7 at best. And then we do have a number of uh, farmers that will use high clearance applicators with drops or, or wide drops and put on nitrogen after the corn gets waist higher or taller, um, particularly if they've had, um, they have symptoms of nitrogen deficiency or they suspect that they lost nitrogen. So anything you can tell us from your research here over recent years in terms of maybe how much a guy should at least be thinking about applying or timing in terms of application? I mean, anything that stood out in research to you lately? Well, uh, we've, we've done the research on this topic probably over the last 10 years or so. And the one thing that really surprised us early on was if the corn is healthy and it's nitrogen deficient, it has a, a tremendous capacity to respond to nitrogen. So we had a, a couple large-scale uh, large field experiments where we put nitrogen on at uh, V12 and V15, and we made over a hundred additional bushels from uh, those applications, and we actually got responses up to oh about 150 pounds of applied nitrogen. Uh, in our old recommendations, we told people never to put more than 50 pounds of <laughs> nitrogen on that late in the season, yep. um, because your potential to recover bushels was not very high. So. Um, in those two cases, the plants took up two-thirds of their nitrogen between soaking and physiological maturity. So those plants, you know, they flipped the normal ratio of two-thirds before soaking to one-third after, and they were actually able to double their uptake during the grain fill period. Well, so if the corn is healthy, um, you know, applications all the way up to just before silking can be utilized really efficiently. Yeah, that's encouraging news because I know a lot of people have struggled with this the last couple, three years, getting it on, getting stuff done timely, having lots of rain, having loss. Uh, great stuff. That's G Dr. Jim Cambaretto with Purdue University. Jim, thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. Stay tuned. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. When it comes to competitive herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. They've been bringing growers trusted brands like Weedmaster, Patriot, and Diablo for decades, made right here in the USA. 
What's your favorite New Farm brand? Email it to turnuptheburn at newfarm.com and you'll be entered to win a monthly $1,000 product giveaway. In these unprecedented times, you're facing unprecedented pressure. New Farm's here to help. You're all set with the 4x4 turbo diesel truck. How about some options? Spray and bed liner? Absolutely. Tailgate step and nerf bars? Gotta have them. Tie down hooks and stainless steel toolbox? You know it. Tinted windows? Of course. Options are good. That's as true in the field as it is with your pickup. In addition to taking care of tough weeds, new Open Sky herbicide gives you more rotational choices than ever before and an easy-to-handle formulation. <laughs> Gooseneck toe package? Yep. Discover more Open Sky details at openskyherbicide.com. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, whenever you want. Farm your way with Case IH AFS Connect. Now you can farm, share data, and manage your fleet however, whenever, and wherever you want. Learn more at caseih.com slash farmyourway. You need a powerful herbicide to fight the war on weeds. Bellum is Rotam North America's mesotrion herbicide, and it fights against the annual broadleaf weeds attacking your cornfields. Winning this battle means higher yields, lower cost to you, and maximized profitability. For long-lasting residual weed control, check out Evinco, Vilify, and our newest mix, Rixa. For application, flexibility, and season-long control, that's Evinco, Vilify, and Rixa, powered by Bellum. For more information, visit bellumherbicide.com. That's B-E-L-L-U-M herbicide.com. Oh my goodness, did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rows? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo, and it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans like literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's his secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done to feed your crop and grow your legacy. All the way down to the last drop. Agroliquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Thanks for listening today to Ag PhD Radio. I am Brian Hefty. We're broadcasting today from Morton Studio. If you've got a question for us, just call in at 844-44-AG-PHD or send me an email, radio at agphd.com. We should be able to get to the Ag PhD mailbag a little bit later here in the show. Before we do that, our topic today is nitrogen applications in corn. And I am super excited and very pleased to be joined by the world record corn holder. Uh, this is David Hula from Virginia. Dave, how are you doing today? Man, living the dream, Brian. About 83 <laughs> degrees, got a little breeze blowing. So life is good. Awesome. So I just had an interesting conversation with Dr. Jim Camberato from Purdue University, and he said some of their recent studies they've done showed that they pulled up two-thirds of the nitrogen that the corn plant used after tassel. That seems awfully late to me. 
Is is that kind of what you found? I know you've applied lots of nitrogen on some of your high yield irrigated corn. I mean, when does it get used? Do you think that much gets used that late in the season? Well, let, let's first figure we need you know roughly a pound to a pound and a quarter nitrogen to make a bushel of corn. Yep. So you know a lot of folks say, well, man, you had couldn't have made any money growing a high yield in corn, and <laughs> yeah, you know it took you know it took six hundred plus pounds of nitrogen to get that yep so now you know being in the chesapeake bay watershed you know we got a, we're environmentally sensitive area so we can't just throw it all out you know air, air soils don't hold it like y'all do so you know we have to spoon feed it and brian i was in tampa florida one year and uh, jeff schlusler with pioneer agronomist said dave i think i got a way to help you pick up 40 more bushels of corn so you know that perk that perked my attention and he had talked about putting on nitrogen a couple of weeks before tassel. Yep. And, you know, so, you know, here I thought we were doing something revolutionary. Well, heck, the Delta's been doing that for decades. Yeah. Flying urea on. Yep. So, you know, they saw something, and, you know, we, we retain more kernels long on doing that. So I don't know if I'd go along with two-thirds because we know how <laughs> fast the plant grows. Yep. But I will say a significant portion does go on later. Now, you know, as long as you have a plant available, whether you put it out there or make sure it's available to the plant, to me, I don't know that that's as significant. But you got to be sure you have the amount of fertilizer for your goal you're coveting. Okay, so I remember the first time that you came to the Ag PhD Field Day, and it was either me or somebody else in the audience asked you, how many times on your world record corn did you put nitrogen out there? And I don't remember what the answer was, because it was some astronomical figure, like 11 times you had to put nitrogen on. Uh, so when you have that light of a soil, so, I mean, very sandy soil, and you have irrigation there, how late in the season are you actually now putting some nitrogen on and still able to get a response i'm sure it's well after tassel correct yeah well you know well we i'm not putting on much just prior to black layer but we are continually to spoon feed it typically it's about every third or fourth day we'll fertigate a little nitrogen sure and we'll start several weeks before tassel and we're just kind of spoon feeding you know i don't have drip tape so we're just kind of spoon feeding that crop and you know since it is in the water then it's you know it's going right there to where the plant wants it and very little bit of it gets let's be realistic the the leaves don't pick up much fertilizer so most of it's going through the roots so it's it's well into the season you know blister stage and a little bit pat and past one question we get pretty often dave is about urea or liquid nitrogen and stabilizers. I mean, obviously, when you're running through the pivot, you're running liquid nitrogen. But have you ever done other forms? Do you do any stabilizer, anything like that? Well, you know, I, um, I guess I was trying to figure out how to beat the system one year. So I, Nutrien's got that product called ESN. Yep. And I said, you know, let me let me try that and see. The, the thing is, you just want it in the root zone where the plant can pick it up when um when it's time to um go so you know that's the key right there it's going to be available to the plant and um at the time so didn't mean to catch you i had to go shut something off real quick brian 
Uh, yep, no problem. We're just happy to have ha- have any of your oh, time yeah. today. So it's an honor, oh, and no. uh, and we we really appreciate that. Okay, so no, it's uh, all good. So so that's the irrigated side. Um, I believe you still have some dryland corn too. What do you do on dryland stuff when you don't know for sure when you're going to have rainfall? Well, you know we um, you know we'll side we side dress our corn. You know we're in the process of side dressing it now. You know, somewhere from that V4 to V9 stage. And, you know, we're putting iron on through the starter. But we we don't want to put all our eggs in one basket. So we're not going to put, you know, if we're shooting for 200 bushel dry land corn, we're going to fertilize, because of our droughty soils, we're going to fertilize for close to 150 bushels. And then if we get rains later on, then we'll go back because, you know, Greg Sauter's got those wide drops. You know, you can go yep. in late without burning the leaves up. And, um, you know, we I got a 120-foot boom, so I'm going to use all 120 foot. So we're creative. We got some, you know, like bamboo on the end, so we can take advantage of all that. And then we got test plots across every field. But um, so if we're getting rain, then we'll continue to put more out. Now, when the corn gets tall, you know, as it does on the East Coast sometimes, and the sprayer can't go out there, then we might start looking at some other options where we may have done some ESN earlier to get some of that late stuff. But I just, I, I'm in risk management mode, and particularly when we're dealing with the prices we have right now. You know, we got to be efficient with our dollars. And um, so we're, we're just, we wait, see what kind of rainfall we go and the equipment. You know, we can get out there pretty late in the season nowadays. Yeah, I'm with you. When you talk about prices right now, the one good thing is nitrogen prices are not real high. So at least that does help us a little bit. But in terms of nitrogen, how do you really know what you're going for? Because let's let's face it, you said 600 pounds for 600 bushel corn, but how do you know if you're going to have 600 or you're going to have 300 or you're going to have 400 or you're going to have 500? I mean, right. how, how, do you, how do you figure that out? Well, it starts off with the stand. Uh, I, I mean, I know most folks have heard randy dowdy talk about his flagging study and we we base um our crop expectation based on how the crop comes out of the ground and you know last year in 2019 folks said when do you think you knew you had high yield corn i knew we had the opportunity when the crop emerged when it emerged uniformly and then we just if the corn's not having a bad day and continuing to respond then we just want to make it um yeah, give it all those opportunities to give us the yields that we're coveting. Um, I don't, I don't have a magic ball or crystal ball to see what kind of rainfall we're going to get. But if we're having rainfalls throughout the season, then we'll continue to add fertilizer. But it, a great example, though, that it catches you in 2011. We had it was awesome up until about July 10th. And then the rain cut off, and we had a great-looking crop, but just didn't have any ears. So we spent, you know, we spent a fair amount of um, dollars on some fertilizer, anticipating a big yield. But when when it doesn't rain, then you're not going to have much success. Uh, so you know, sometimes you know, farming's a gamble, and sometimes we gamble, and you know, sometimes we don't get what we're coveting. All right, last question, and I apologize, I only have about 30 seconds left. Is there any other nutrient you put with nitrogen to give it more efficiency, like sulfur <laughs> or anything like that? Sorry, I know I'm not yeah, giving well, you a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, um, I, every time my sprayer goes across field, we're doing sulfur because, you know, we used to get it out of the atmosphere. 
Yeah. And then the other thing, boron. Yep. You know, I, yep. I, even out in the Midwest, y'all got issues with boron as well. We do. Yep, and sulfur as well. Yeah, we got this clean yeah. air, which everybody loves. You know, we live longer, but boy, we got to spend more money on the farm and fertilizer. <laughs> hey, Dave, thanks a lot That's for the right. time. Really, really appreciate it. And best of luck to you out there this year. Yep, y'all be safe. Thanks. Yep, thanks. Yeah, I think Dave brought up some great points there, uh, saying, you know, hey, we do want to fertilize going later in the season. We've got to take a look at what our yield potential is, what our actual yield goal is. But, you know, it's it's always going to be a little bit of a guess. We don't know for sure, but looking at that early stand and then going from there and just seeing, hey, are we getting rains? How are things going? Uh, that's kind of what you have to do. Always going to be a little bit of a guess, but you definitely don't want to run yourself short on nitrogen. Well, we'll continue talking about late nitrogen applications or just nitrogen applications in general in corn right after this. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Your land is a legacy, a challenge from those who tended it before you to build on their foundations. At Corteva AgriScience, we understand what it means to be the stewards of a legacy. We embrace the challenge of building on the foundation of Dow AgroSciences to maintain your trust, to bring new solutions, to help you care for your land. See how we can help build your legacy at rangeandpasture.com. When it comes to my weed control, I know a head start can go a long way. That's why I spray early, so I can keep control all season long with a Roundup Ready Extend Crop System, the system that makes the difference. This is my field. Choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system for control of more weeds than any other soybean system. Featuring Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology to manage tough to control weeds, including up to 14 days of soil activity, along with the field proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. Now you have the right tools to extend your weed control and extend your yield with the system that makes the difference. Learn how you can put the system to work in your field when you visit RoundupReadyExtend.com. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Performance may vary. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Check local regulations for specific requirements in your state. Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done to feed your crop and grow your legacy all the way down to the last drop. Agroliquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Corn and soybean growers are in a race against time when it comes to hard-to-kill weeds. Interline Herbicide from UPL works fast to eliminate some of the most challenging glyphosate-resistant weeds, including pigweed, water hemp, mare's tail, and ragweed. Interline can be used as a burn-down treatment or as an over-the-top treatment in glufosinate-tolerant crops, including Liberty Link varieties. Ask your retailer or UPL sales representative about Interline, and always read and follow label directions. Heat, drought, wind, hail, northern corn leaf blight, gray leaf spot. If your corn is under stress, you are too. Get Veltima fungicide, swift activity, with fast payback, an expanded application window. Makes life simple, and it's the secure choice. 
with powerful residual for visibly healthier corn. Swift, simple, secure. Veltima fungicide. Call your BASF rep today. Always read and follow label directions. Veltima fungicide is not registered in all states. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here live in the Morton studio. If you've got a question for us, just call in at 844-44-AG-PHD. Going to jump back to the phone lines. Very pleased to be joined by Matt Swanson. He is an outstanding farmer from the state of Illinois. He's actually been out to the Ag PhD Field Day many times. You've had him have some high yield plots here and everything. He's won yield contests. Just a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to corn. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. No problem, Ryan. Anytime. Okay, so here's my question for you, Matt. On corn, what is your program for late season nitrogen application? How? What's the latest you're willing to put nitrogen on your corn? Um, we've gone up to R2 to to try to fix the deficiency, but our planned applications generally stop by V12 to V14. When you talk about R2. So, and, and so we're talking here reproductive stage two, so we're past tassel, we're past initial silking and everything. Uh, when you're getting that late, obviously the corn is at its maximum height. Do you have a rig that can go in and still put nitrogen on then? Or do you have to have something flown on or do you have it, do you irrigate then or what do you do? No, we're using, uh, we've got a, an older heggy that we use for all of our, um, for all of our wide drop applications. We use the same rig for them. Sure. So in terms of your overall plan, and you have it's certainly a lot heavier soil than like Dave Hewlett we were just talking to out on the East Coast. But, I mean, is your plan to go out there a couple times with nitrogen during the course of the year up front and then one side dress application? Do you, do you go three times? What do you lo- normally like to do? So for nitrogen, generally, we try to hit it two times for sure, and that's at planting. Uh, we put about half to a third to half of our nitrogen down planting. Sure. And then the other half or so goes on. I'd like to have it on by V10. Now, yeah. generally, we, we make an earlier side dress application to put potassium down. Uh, so there's usually some nitrogen there, but not a whole lot. Sure. That's oh. not the main focus of that path, anyway. Yeah. Okay, so here's the million-dollar question. How do you decide how much nitrogen you're going to put on in that side dress application? Are you using pre-side dress nitrate tests? Are you guessing? Do you use some uh, computer program? I mean, what 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 causes you to decide, hey, I'm going to use whatever, 100 pounds versus 150 or whatever it is you do? Yeah, so we're generally, we, I start with kind of a base rate in mind. It's roughly dependent on what the yield goal is, but it also... Uh, what the soil type is. So the heavier soil type that we think might bring us 100 pounds of in during the year, you know, we don't put as much on per bushel as on those fields as we do other fields. Yeah. It's really, it's, I mean, it's not to make it sound, I mean, it's complicated in, in all reality. Yep. So, right. you know, the heavy, the heavy fields get less applied nitrogen, but probably take up more nitrogen than the lighter fields. Yes. 
So one of the comments Dave Hewlett made is, hey, if I'm getting rain, I'm going to put on more nitrogen and I might even put it on more times. So what, yeah. I mean, is do you kind of feel the same way? Like, hey, if the season's progressing well, we're getting just about to tassel, things are looking good, I'm getting above average rainfall, are you then bumping your nitrogen rates? It, it depends, again, it would depend on the field. So the heavier fields sure. may get a little bit more, um, but being as we're not irrigated, you know, we have to get what we think we're going to need out early so it will get rained in at some point or it will be available at some point. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, generally it's, it's come down to tissue tests. If the tissue tests tell me that we're in good shape and we're coming along and it's raining, then we'll keep the pedal down, so to speak. Sure. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, when you talk about the rain, that gets to be even more of a concern for us in the western Corn Belt because it's common where we go a month with no rain. And if I put nitrogen out and it sits for a month, well, that's not going to do me a whole lot of good. So trying to time that out sometimes gets to be a real challenge for us. Uh, Matt, anything else that you can tell us about your, your nitrogen applications in corn? Not in particular. You know, we just drop and planter. That's where we do most of our work. So. Sure. All right. Well, thanks a lot for the time. We'll let you get back to it out there. Uh, again, we've been talking to Matt Swanson from out in Illinois. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Brian. You bet. All right. Just to kind of wrap things up on this this whole nitrogen application deal. Yeah, it it's it's complicated. But one of the things that Matt said is on the heavier ground, he said we we can get more nitrogen out of there. And what he means by that is. It's, it comes back to soil organic matter. You always want to look at how much soil organic matter do I have? And I'll tell you the figure we use on our farm. We figure 20 pounds to 30 pounds for every 1% of organic matter. We're going to get that for free every single year out of our soil. So we've got some ground that's 6% organic matter. Okay, so that means I'm going to get 120 to 180 pounds of free nitrogen every single year. That's a lot. Now, that's a wide range, 120 to 180. So how do we determine whether it's one or the other? Well, we don't really know, but I know this. Organic matter mineralizes faster when you have more heat. So in years that are hotter, and as long as we have, let's call it normal moisture, or even close to normal moisture, but above average temperature, then we're probably going to get above average nitrogen out of that. And it's also very common where, and I just remember so many times, my dad saying, okay, every time we have a bad year, it's followed by a good year. Well, why is that, do you think? In a lot of cases, especially here in the Western Corn Belt, where it's rare when we lose our nutrients, they don't, we don't lose them commonly to leaching. Now, the last couple of years we probably did because we had double normal rainfall and it was a record. It's unbelievable. But in a normal year where we don't get much rain, I mean, grand total so far since the 1st of January, we maybe have had four or five inches. That's it in, in five months. So we're not talking about a lot of rainfall. We're not going to lose nutrients. But anyway, my point is it's organic matter release. And organic matter is going to release phosphorus, it's going to release sulfur, and it's going to release nitrogen. Well, if you're sitting with all kinds of that because you had a poor year the year before, you're in great shape. But my concern after last fall was we had record fall rain. And so, I mean, almost everybody we've talked to so far today has said, hey, we got to worry about nitrogen loss. Well, <laughs> when you have record fall rainfall like we did here in the Western Corn Belt, 
then we're going to lose more than what we normally do. Normally, we lose almost nothing. But this past fall, we lost a bunch. Where I'm going with this is if you're coming out of soybeans and you go, oh, I usually have 40 pounds or 50 pounds coming out of soybeans. You know what our tests showed last fall? And I mean a lot of tests around our region, 10 pounds left, maybe 20. Not 40, not 50, not 60 like we commonly see, 10 or 20. So I'm just trying to tell you, hey, going into your side dress time, which is going to be soon, if not even right now, you might want to be thinking about that. And that's why we would really encourage you just pull a pre-side dress nitrate test. You can, you can pull just a few and a few of your fields, and you can have a good idea what's there. What, how, what I would encourage you to do, and these tests are cheap, by the way. They're, they cost 5 bucks. So just invest a little bit of time. We'll typically advise people to do this about a week before they want to do their side dress. So that way, it's timed as close as possible, yet you still have time to get the results back and say, ooh, I thought I had this much nitrogen, I only have this much. Or sometimes it's the other way around. We've had some fields we were going to side dress. We were going to spend money. Fortunately, we we did pre-side dress nitrate tests and we go, oh my, how did we get 250 pounds of nitrogen sitting here? <laughs> I don't know, but it's there. Didn't put any more nitrogen on, still had record yield. So you just don't know unless you test. But what I encourage you to do is pull a 0 to 12 inch test and then also pull a 12 to 24 inch test. Now you don't have to do the 12 to 24 but I like that because commonly your roots are going to be down there and also it's it does happen where through capillary action so let's say that you're not getting you know just tremendous rain or anything nitrogen can actually move up with the water in the soil through capillary action. So Either the roots can go down to the nitrogen or the nitrogen may come up to the roots. It can happen. I'm not saying it always does, but that's the reason why we like doing some of the deeper tests just to find out what's down there. But I, I, I would tell you this. So what I want to leave you with on this nitrogen thing is uh, I, I just remember back about 20 years ago, I talked to a group of farmers that got together and did the nitrogen tests uh, a, a couple different years. Uh, and they all compared data and everything, and what it was actually a few years. What they figured out is never, ever, ever be short on nitrogen for corn. Nitrogen is absolutely essential for top yields. But do some testing and apply what your guess is for the right amount later in the season. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high-yield toolbox. You deserve to have a building that will last for generations. With more than 110 years of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, Morton Buildings is the industry leader you can trust. Unlike other construction companies, you work with Morton Buildings craftsmen. From conception to completion, there's no better time to buy. Lock in your new building for 2020 today. Contact your local Morton sales office or visit mortonbuildings.com. Oh my goodness, did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rows? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo, and it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans like literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's his secret. Yep. 
Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. How much money are you leaving in the bin? If you want the most profit from your stored grain, you need the Grain Temp Guard from Farm Shop MFG. This low-cost bin monitoring solution tracks temperature and humidity and gets your grain in ideal condition. And with deep preseason discounts on all Grain Temp Guard units, now is the best time to upgrade. Don't leave your money out in the bin. Get the most from your grain. Order today at farmshopmfg.com. Corn and soybean growers are in a race against time when it comes to hard-to-kill weeds. Interline Herbicide from UPL works fast to eliminate some of the most challenging glyphosate-resistant weeds, including pigweed, waterhemp, mare's tail, and ragweed. Interline can be used as a burn-down treatment or as an over-the-top treatment in glufosinate-tolerant crops, including Liberty Link varieties. Ask your retailer or UPL sales representative about Interline, and always read and follow label directions. Hey Adam, new drone? Not just any drone. I mounted a laser on it to take out weeds. Look out for that tree! In the power lines! Oh, it's in for the house. There's a simpler way to protect spring wheat from weeds. Perfect Match Herbicide. The broadest spectrum weed and grass control in one product. Learn more at perfectmatchherbicide.com. Always read and follow label directions. The laser. Come on in. The Ag PhD mailbag is about to begin. I love the Ag PhD mailbag time. I just get so excited. I got these questions uh, all, all ready to go, and I, I am not going to be able to get to everything that I want to get to today. So I'm going to apologize to all of you who wrote in, and I can't get to all your questions. But let's start with this one from Matt. He says, I'm a farmer from Wisconsin. I got a question about authority first. My brother made a mistake. Uh, Hey, Matt, I know all about that. Brothers making mistakes, you know. (laughs) Anyway, uh, my brother made a mistake in tank mixing and accidentally applied 100 acres of soybean ground with nine and a half ounces of authority first, which is one and a half ounces above the full labeled rate of eight ounces. Now, my question is, would I still be able to plant winter wheat following this bean ground? It would be just over four months from pre-emerge spraying. Uh, from the pre-emerge spraying date to winter wheat planting date. The label says four months for a planting interval at an eight-ounce rate given standard conditions. Now, we have heavy soils, 25-plus for can exchange capacity, with a pH of around 6.5. We've had an above-average rainfall. Uh, we have had above-average rainfall so far after the pre-emerge herbicide. Are there any practices that I can do to still plant wheat in this ground or am I just out of luck here? Uh, thanks for all that you do. Okay, so Matt, first of all, with that authority first that you got out there, yes, it is higher than the labeled rate, and it's a lot higher than what we really like to see. I, I, I'll, I'll just tell you what I typically advise, guys. If I've got 3.2 ounces of authority first, so 3.2 ounces, so that's one-third the rate you put out, I'll get the standard rate of 0.3 ounces of first rate. So when you've got nine and a half ounces there, you've got a triple rate of first rate. Now, I realize it's fine, uh, or I should say it's labeled to go eight ounces of authority first, which gives you over a 2x rate of first rate, and it's usually okay. Um, I, I guess let me first say, first rate is an ALS herbicide. It's going to carry over more in high pH soil. 
So you're lucky that you have a 6.5 pH. That's great. You're also lucky that you have uh, above a- you've had above average rainfall. That's going to help. But you got to understand what's going to break down that herbicide. Number one is lots of weeds. So let's say you had a super weedy field, then I'm going to feel more comfortable. Two, you could do more tillage. What that tillage is going to do is it's going to inject more air into the soil, which is going to speed the process of the breakdown by the microbes, by the soil microbes. Also, if you have good drainage out there, that's going to help too because that means typically you have more air in the soil and you're going to have more microbial breakdown. So I would just first tell you it's going to be off-label to go plant wheat. So you're on your own if you do this. Would I do it? I can't advise you to do that as an agronomist. Okay, I can't advise you to do something off-label. Now, if you choose to do it, uh, I would say you would definitely want to work that ground and hope for the best. But honestly, I don't know. And as high a rate as that is, I wouldn't plant corn there next year. I wouldn't do it. I'd just go back to beans again. And I know that's not what you want to do, but if it was me, I would go plant. I'd just wait, and I would plant beans next spring, and then after that, everything's going to be gone. The good news is you should have weed control going well into next year with as high a rate as it got. But, yeah, if you want to try some winter wheat out there, you certainly can. I just worry that the ALS herbicide first rate is going to stunt that wheat. Okay, uh, next question here. This one is from Iowa. Uh, This is Gary, and he says, Hi, I'm writing from northeast Iowa, God's country. I have a great friend that has some of the best soils on the planet. It's deep, black, high organic, and high fertility soil. He raises great crops, consistently 270 bushel corn, 70 bushel beans. He grid samples, is fussy on everything. Uh, But he has almost always, he almost always has a problem with green snap, and I love this comment, not only with Pioneer, but with the Cal Mycogen, etc. Anyway, I mentioned potash needs, and I'm sure he would have strong levels. Are there any nutrients, micro or others, that he should be checking out? Also, how about maybe some ratios? Okay, so Gary, here's the thing. When you're getting 270 bushel corn, just in ratio, you probably should be getting 90 bushel beans. You said he's getting 70. That right away leads me to believe there's not enough potassium there. That's usually what we see as the number one issue. When you're raising great corn and insufficient beans, it's lack of potassium. Now, the parts per million are probably okay. But here's the thing. He's got heavy soil. And so people get misled into thinking that parts per million is enough with nit- or with potassium. It's not. The ratio you're looking for is you want that base saturation potassium level in the 5% to 7% range. Um, I would say I would want to be closer to the 7% now because he's got such high yield in corn. I mean, we should be shooting for 100 bushel beans and 300 bushel corn. That's the next yield level. So I think he's just got lack of potassium. I really do. So I'd like to see the soil test. If you get those, send them to me. Now, some other things you could look at. Excess nitrogen. Maybe there's too much nitrogen getting put out there, especially early in the year. Excess planting population. Uh, Maybe he's using a harsh herbicide. Like let's say he's using old dicamba with no safener. That can lead to more green snap. Micronutrients. Um, are are important. The two uh, okay. So when we start talking about stock health, number one by far and away is potassium. But after that, you got to look at manganese and copper. So if he has low levels of manganese and copper, that could also be leading to his green snap issues. All right, great question. Uh, love that one. All right, next one here. This is from Mark in Maryland. He said, 
I, I'm, I, I'm out looking at a field right now where the anhydrous was applied this spring at an angle. And what I'm seeing in the pictures that I sent you show the yellow streaks that are at an angle. And it basically, I'm assuming these plants are just stunted from the application of anhydrous ammonia. The, the roots got stunted from the anhydrous ammonia applied this spring. What do you suppose the prognosis is for those stunted plants? Okay, so Mark, when we see this thing and we have stunted plants, that's tough because, and, and we've talked, about, so even Dave Hewlett mentioned this earlier in the show. When plants come up, we want to see how even the stand is. And we've talked about this for 10 years or more probably. Um, we used to do a lot of stuff with Case IH, for example, at just showing, hey, if your corn comes out a leaf stage behind, you're in trouble. You've lost yield. Well, if it comes out two leaf stages behind, you're in big time trouble. That's nothing more than a weed out there. So if we shorten up plants, if we stunt roots, the odds are extremely high that we're going to have smaller ears later on. So I'm not excited about the prognosis for those plants. I don't have any big issue with anhydrous ammonia. I just would never put it on in the spring. We always said, hey, we're going to do it in the fall. Now, fall in Maryland is different than fall in South Dakota. I, you know, we have five, six months of freeze up. You don't. But my point is this. you got to get it out there earlier. If you don't get it out early enough, then you do see some of that burn. And personally, you know, after I see these kind of things, I'm going, you know what, I'm just going to go broadcast urea or liquid 28% and then avoid those issues moving forward. But yeah, there are a lot of ways to put nitrogen on. Okay. Uh, next one here is, let's see, from Luciano who asks, I have a lot of ladies thumb in my yard. How do I get rid of it? Well, ladies thumb is a smart weed and it's really not all that difficult to control. 2,4-D is pretty good. Now, dicamba is better. I just don't like using dicamba in yards. If you use a strong enough rate of a 2,4-D product, like let's say Freelex, for example, that will usually take it out. There are some other things that could be done too. Uh, let's see, there's an HPPD mesotrione. Mesotrione is the active ingredient. Uh, I don't remember what the name of the lawn product is. I think it's tenacity. Uh, but anyway, that would work well also. Okay, this one comes from Jake. He uh, is in central Kansas, and he says, I've attached some soil tests here. Also happens to be for yards. Now, I know you normally don't talk about that, but I, I have some backfill here. It's new construction. I've got a well and an irrigation system. He says, the NP and K I can take care of, but I'm stumped on the high calcium, sulfur, and sodium. What do I do? Uh, I mean, should I, I mean, is this going to affect my grass a lot? Uh, should I get my well water tested? What, what, what would you recommend here? Okay, so yeah, as long as you're getting lots of NP and K out there, great. So nitrogen, you just have to keep applying it. Phosphorus, we want good levels, probably 50 parts per million or more. Potassium, we want to see 4 to 8% base saturation K. That's kind of what we're looking for. With calcium, I'm not super worried that it's real high, but if your magnesium is super low, you could put on some magnesium, maybe some uh, magnesium sulfate or something like that if you've got magnesium levels below uh, about 10 or 12%. Get a little magnesium out. With high sulfur, don't worry about it at all. As long as you have good drainage, that will flush through. The sodium can be a concern. We want uh, When we have high sodium and high sulfur, that usually means we have a drainage issue or we have bad well water. So I would test the well water, see if I have excessive sodium. If I do, I'm treating the water or I'm going to try to get another source for watering my lawn. 
Well, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. It was a lot of fun talking about nitrogen. Before we go, just want to say thanks to our production staff, thanks to our guests, and thanks to everybody who wrote in with questions today. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.